We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. This is Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball coming to you with group therapy. It's been a little while since we had a group therapy where we were dealing with some frustration. I'm supposing most people are expecting me to come in hot and heavy, but Josh Bo and I just did about a half hour long podcast where we really kind of talked through a lot of what happened in that game. It starts and ends with the defense. The team defense as a whole was very bad. And not only was it very bad, it never really showed much signs of life. And I don't know what the Dallas Mavericks can do um, other than it, you know, starting with everybody that guards in the perimeter needs to not be beaten by single dribble moves. Um, that would be the first recommendation I have. Um, but it, it's, you know, Dallas is down two one. It's there's still, it's the Mavericks have to win, you know, two out of the next four. Um, or is that right? I can't do math. Um, the, the Mavericks just need to win two of the next four. The Clippers need to win three. Um, and that's, exceptionally exceptionally difficult uh i hope those of you who are at the game um were you know had a good time playoff basketball is still fun that's still a very fun game uh even though the, the outcome wasn't what we'd wanted um i i know there's going to be a lot of heat coming for porzingis uh, uh but let me kind of get out in front of it to a degree to where i am not as frustrated with him on one side of the ball as i am on the other I think a lot of the offensive stuff starts and ends with the scheme. I don't understand why he's not ever used as the high roller right now. I don't love the the constant corner hawking. Um, I think it, it starts to be a bit of a criminal misuse. 
you know, he had 10 shots in the game, but a lot of them were spaced out and it's hard to get into a rhythm. I, I, I crush KP. This is, you know, a national pastime for me. The offensive stuff I'm not worried about, really. I think they just need to figure out better ways of use for him. And I expect Rick Carlisle to do just that. Defensively, and it plays in the team def- defense, but defensively is where I continue to grow frustrated with him because he's just not able to do the things athletically that he thinks he can. And that ends up putting him in situations where he is just not there. Uh, I mean, Paul George basically said Dallas doesn't have a rim protector right now, which if I'm a seven foot three guy, I take that a little bit personally. But he had a game where he didn't have any blocks. They scored at the rim at will. And that's not just on him. It's also a scheme, too, where the, the, the offense players are hanging him out to or I'm sorry, the his his colleagues are sort of hanging him out to dry from time to time. But. I, I get very frustrated when I see a guy give up two backdoor cuts. Rick Carlisle did too because he pulled him out of the game. Um, so let's just kind of just before we get all in this, before people really want to bring the pain, let's let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's just have that in mind as as we're discussing things because I don't want this to be a single issue thing where people are just griping about KP like I see on Twitter. I just don't think that's fair. Um, all right, coming up first we have Brett Stover. Brett, how are you tonight? Uh, doing okay. I mean, considering the loss, um, and I think, and, and I and I looked at your recap, and you in your I think second segment uh, talked about the thing I that I was going to bring up first, which was uh, like if you take out Luca, they shot like the team shot like thirty percent from two. And that, <laughs> that's and you just can't win when you do that. Like that's, <laughs> it's it's kind of amazing. Like when yeah, I looked I mean, at, I started laughing. I'm like, like well. Yeah, well, what is happening? Like, it was the first time I was looking at it, I was like, wait, they're shooting like 40% from the field and 50% from three? Like, that didn't make any sense. And then I was like, like if you take out Luca, who shot like 50% from, you know, from mostly from the mid-range, um, like, I mean, there were so many, like, tip-ins and, like, I mean, especially what I also noticed, like, like Hardaway, I don't know if he hit a single two. I think he was like whatever no, he four six or he something was from over three. eight from two point range. Yeah, which has been a big unlike big part of why his game is unlocked over the last several weeks. Yeah, and yeah, so like that, um, and other things like, like I, I get that like Finney Smith had a bad game, but I mean I don't like. I mean, some of it is like you like you like to see him have confidence, but also like uh, stepping into a like a pull up three on the break is like not. That's that was insane. Game. That was one of the more insane confidence shots I've seen. And it's the sort of thing where it's like, a, if it goes down, we're all screaming, yeah, well, yeah. look at that confidence. But and he, he had missed his previous six threes. Yeah, but I was going to say, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things like, you know, if he's like, you know, four or five, four or seven or whatever in the game at that point, then they're like, then you're like, you live with it. Like it's a heat check. But like he had like made a, he had like made like one shot in the game. That's yeah. not, that's about, yeah. And then, and then, uh, yeah. I mean, Richardson was like whatever off the bench, but but when he like looked off KP, like I was like, you're not a good offensive player to do that, like mm-hmm. like like, and then he and he's not even one of the Mavs who like struggles with with post entry passes as much, like he's like decent at that, so it's not like the skill is not there. He it was just like unwillingness. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, those are like little things that I noticed. There and the little things add up in a ten point yeah. game. I mean, the the chat's talking about Lucas free throws, which. I don't even know where to start with that. I and think they're too easy. It's it's. I think it's the same thing as like <laughs> as, as he struggles as he struggles with with playing bad teams in the regular season. Like that. Like the, the focus is like when he plays a good team or when he's doing like you know taking a step back or whatever. Like he knows that there's like a high degree of dif- difficulty, and so he you know puts more energy into that. But then he feels like 
you know, like he, like, I mean, I'm sure he goes into practice and hits like whatever, like, you know, 99 out of a hundred free throws. Um, like, like he, he, I mean, his problems are not like mechanical or whatever with on, right. on the line. Um, so, but, but I do think that it's like that he's, you know, playing, you know, 38, 40 something minutes. Um, and he, th- he, and he, to him, it's like, this, he, this is like a break from like, you know, getting beat up on the court at, at the line. And I, so I think he kind of like mentally checks out a little bit in those kinds of situations. At least sure. that's like, like a, like a completely random guess. Like I have no idea if that's actually why, but yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading some of the uh, the comments in uh, oh, Matt's Moneyball yeah, recap. The... It's amazing. <laughs> I love the partisans. Like everybody just gets so mad, and it's like, can't you just have a conversation? Oh well. Um, well, thank you, Brett. You got anything else? I got a man. We got a packed room for a loss. Yeah, I don't really think I have anything else. Well, thanks for hanging out, buddy. I appreciate you coming up. Thanks. All right, coming up next, we have Jose. Jose, how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing fine after the loss finally set in. <laughs> How are you doing, Kurt? I mean, I was the the fourth quarter was one where the Clippers did to the Mavs what the Mavs did to the Clippers in Game One. So when you see doubles, you see the last kind of resort of the defense against Kawhi, and Kawhi is making the right pass, and the Clippers are simply making the right play, and the shots are going in. There's not much more to it. It, it, you know, Luca missing the free throws were icing on top of a frustrating cake in the fourth quarter, but the Clippers outplayed the Mavericks just enough, and it, particularly at least you know in, in, in scoring and you know the Mavs' defense was bad as we've talked about. But I kind of made peace with it, like with about four minutes left, because even though Luca hit a couple of late threes, like the Clippers had just they just outplayed the Mavericks for a longer stretch. I mean, once that. That first quarter burst when the the Clippers rallied back real quick, the Mavericks were on their heels from there on out, and they just lost the thread. And so, you know, thinking about it that way, you guys have heard how mad I get about stuff. I just, I was, I'm very disappointed, but I'm not, you know, this is why I, for a while, you know, Josh and Josh Bowe and I were not, like, we're, I've, I've kind of been, wow, oh, the Mavericks are really great. Look at them, look at them. And it's like, well, when things are going great, of course they look great, but, they shot 58% from three, I think, tonight and lost the game while also getting more rebounds and turning the ball over less. Like, that's not great. So, uh, you know, I talk too much there. But, Jose, what else you got for us? No, you're, you're fine, Kurt. <laughs> but it, it, it's funny because ever since uh, the last couple of minutes, I was just like, I can't wait to join Kirk in the locker room because I know this chat is going to be fired up. But it, it took a while to start and I was just like okay well I pretty much accepted this loss but like uh some of my takes is uh like Rick Carlisle pulling Luca out in the first quarter early first quarter that's just a big momentum swing because uh our offense just became stagnant you didn't really see Chris Ops move you didn't really see anybody move and also Dorian coming down and trying to hit a transition three like we're we're up. I'm just like, bro, what are you doing? Like, like we gotta maintain this lead, and and then it doesn't help that our offense just completely stands still when, whenever Luca's out of out of the court. But uh, like I I would say the the turning point was that, and then also like just the the Clippers kept their foot on the Mavericks neck from the second all the way into the end of the game. It was just clear cut that 
they came with more uh, more of a mindset of winning this game, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. It's going to be kind of a frustrating Saturday, I suppose, thinking about this one. Um, it was a chance to kind of step on them, and they, they were unable to. Um, the thing that I was most surprised by really looking back at the game was Carl uses his timeouts very wisely, and he took one in the middle of that 14-0 run, and the Mavericks, you know, the non-Luka Mavericks came back out and just gave up the same shots. Uh, and by the time Luka got back into the game, it was just too late. And that's the first time this series – where I remember a Carlisle sort of timeout coaching adjustment not go the way of the Mavericks, um, if that makes any sense. Right. But uh, one, one thing, too, also is like uh, something from game one that's been happening in these games so far is that our defensive interior has just been really weak. Like, we, we brought this up on game one, and, sure. like, you know – of course, winning kind of we kind of sweep it under the rug, but like and and losses, it's just you know a bigger uh, sure. magnifying glass. Well, so, you're not going to shoot a billion percent every game. Like they have right. to, like that. It's a team thing. They have to figure out something. And I find myself like, you know, we're kicking Dorian for for some of his you know just odd play on offense. But I mean, where I'm very frustrated is he was bad on defense. Like, and Paul George is good. I don't. I'm gonna need to watch the game again, where I'm not, you know, quite so caught up in the moment. So we'll see where it goes. Right. But uh, thank you. Are you. You got anything else before we uh, bring on someone else? Did, did you notice KP landing in the last like minute or so in the fourth yes. quarter, and he looked like he tweaked his his either ankle or knee. It is definitely something to take note of. But that's all I have, Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Sorry. There's a somebody posted a fight, a locker room fight between two dudes wearing Luka Doncic jerseys in the in a parking lot in AAC. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, well, thank you for coming up. We'll talk soon. I'm sure. All right. Thanks, Kurt. Bye. All right. Coming up next, Austin. How you doing, Austin? Austin, you there? All right. Try to quit and rejoin. There you go. I can hear you now. Maybe. All right, well, we'll bring somebody else up. Uh, coming up next is Jim. Jim, thank you for waiting patiently. How are we doing, Jim? Yo, Kirk, what's up, man? Um, you know what I'm doing? I'm feeling a little better that I wasn't involved in a, a, a uh, parking lot fight. So things could be much yeah, worse. Yeah, I, I saw that video <laughs> on the Dallas TV, or Dallas TX, or sorry, shit, I can't talk. Yeah, Dallas right. TX TV on Twitter, that account. Yeah. Uh, that's a fun account to follow. If for anybody who lives in Dallas, like that's a really fun account to follow. But Mavs basketball wise, I'm not going to focus like what I want to talk with you about about the uh, defense because we obviously know Clippers had 42 points in the paint, something like that. 46. K- sure, the KP struggled. Everybody noticed it. Rondo got to the rim at will. Uh, Terrence. Terrence Mann kind of got to the rim at will. We can name all these people, but I wanted to talk about Tim. Something Tim Legler said on Sports Center. I saw He's, that I, he was on. I just didn't see it because I was writing. I was I muted. What did he have sure. to say? 
he said that the Mavs on offense pass, right? They they pass, and then they have to figure out where Luka is mm-hmm. in the middle of the possession. I want to know, what can the Mavs do to be able to wean off of Luka and be able to get back to what they're doing? So, like, you had Hardaway attacking at the rim at will. Brunson, who's one of the best in the league at attacking at the rim, it felt like paint points were off tonight offensively for the Mavs. And also just like the mid-range shots just were not confident. Sure. Sure. Nothing felt actually confident shot attempt-wise. So what what should the Mavs do to be able to get back on point? Well, Brett in the chat just noted my first thought, which is get better players. Um, it's not, <laughs> well, entirely, I... <laughs> not entirely fair, but that's kind of the first thing. And the thing about the Clippers' defense is – this is one of the reasons why they've been knocked all year is because they have the personnel that should be able to play better. And they simply played harder. They simply put, they were, they were challenging shots more guys were on Tim's hip the whole night. And, you know, Tim kind of got out of his, his zone a little bit by taking some four shots during that first quarter run without Luca and never really regained it, but it wasn't just him. Um, the Mavericks have a lot of one-on-one players. I want you to go look at the, the non Luca assists, and KP had four, okay? So when Chris Porzingis is your second leading assist man, and then there's there's a few more by other guys. They only had 24 – oh, no, this is the other team. They only had 17 assists as a team. No other player – you know, you had Hardaway had zero, Kleber had one, Finney Smith had one, Colley Stein had one, and Brunson had one. That's no ball movement. And when he's talking about – when Lego is talking about them looking for Luka – they were not – the rest of the team was really not in a good spot when Luka was out, and that's something they need to be more confident in. I mean, Brunson's a heck of a player. But yeah, Brunson of course. played a lot – he played a lot of one-on-one tonight, and he scored, but I still remember two instances where KP is off his – like off to his right side peripheral vision, and both him and Richardson refused or either didn't see KP by himself on the right wing I saw this happen at least twice, maybe three times. And there was just, and so there's, there, there's not enough guys in this team that are great distributors. It's not that they're terrible at it, but when the defense tightens up, the windows aren't there. So right. they, they, there needs to be a little bit more of an emphasis on not like, it's like they're trying to survive the Luca minutes instead of push. Which, sure. And, and you know what I mean? Yeah. I, so. I feel like as far as, that secondary ball handler that we've been talking the Mavs have needed for over a year now. We've said that Jalen Brunson needs to fill that role. He can kind of do that. He's not totally responsible for that secondary unit um, as far as production goes. We want him to be, but mm-hmm. it's it just hasn't shown up as like, I can actually control the offense just like Luca can. Like, obviously not many people can do that, obviously, sure. but we we need somebody or the sorry the Mavericks need somebody who can take over in those minutes any minutes that Kawhi or PG are off the floor they have to take advantage of and yeah. they just haven't done that they just haven't done that yeah i and as the series goes on and you play each other more and more you start to notice tendencies and it, that's why getting those first two wins was so huge and the, the clippers countered and it's up to the Mavericks now to figure out something new and hopefully they won't lose these non-Luka minutes so terribly because it, it's been bad all three games, but this is the first game where it's where I, I mean it cost them because they lost. 
Can I ask you one more question? Kurt? Sure. Um, if you could see any potential adjustments that Rick would make as a coach for the next game, since he's known as being an all-time adjustment coach, what kind of adjustments are those? Uh, to hit Kawhi in the knee. I don't know. Like they were <laughs> That's so violent, bro. Scoring. You can't do that. <laughs> they were so good at scoring that I'm having a hard time figuring it out. I mean, I talked with Josh in our post game where I want them to show Porzingis tape about where he's getting beat around the rim. I don't want, I don't hold him at fault for challenging a three pointer and then getting beaten on a drive. Like he shouldn't be asked to be doing that anyways. He's seven, three, but on some of the, the, the little dipsy do flips and things that are going past players, like his timing is really off. And I think that, that they need to at least have, have some more, uh, they, he needs to be at least some semblance of a rim protector, even if it means picking up a couple fouls, like challenging stuff. I would also really like to, to see them see an earlier double at Kawhi if he's really going to move like that. Or just let him do what he's done the past but two games. But you saw what more... happened. You saw yeah. what happened when they doubled Kawhi. They just threw it around to the rim and or threw it around sure. the perimeter and they threw it to Morris and he shot yeah. a three. Well, I mean that's good offense, and sometimes that's a gamble you take. So it's either you let Kit, you either let him beat you one on one, or you take the gamble and get it out of his hands and hope that somebody makes a mistake. And that just didn't happen tonight. So I don't know about the adjustments. I'm I'm sure that on Mad's Moneyball, my much smarter writers and I is is talk, and some of the guys that really like to think about the the core of the game will have some some takes on what Dallas can Man, do. Beautiful pitch, by the way, pitch that yeah, Mad's you know. Moneyball. That's right. That's what I do, um, but that you know, that, that, there's there have to be adjustments. But at the moment, like my simplest adjustments come down to like don't get beat off the dribble by one move. But I know that's you know it's not as easy as that. So right. Thank you for joining, Jim. Yeah, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next we have Dwight. Hi, Dwight. How are you? Good, brother. How you doing? You know, I'm okay. This is why we do these late night things because after I talk about this, my wife just tells me to shut up. Uh, so, like, talking about this to people who care, is, is it makes it go, you know, it's a little easier to swallow after uh, a tough loss. Yeah, I, I apologize. I, I was at the game, so my, I think I lost my voice. You sound good. But you sound great. <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it. But I'll be honest, man, like, I think this is my first game I've seen, seen the guys and probably, like, you know, obviously a year and a half, and Fam, I, I got to say this. I still think we win the series. I still feel pretty confident. Frankly, the game was there for the taking tonight. But and I, I know we're going to kill KP and everybody's killing KP. My big takeaway, you know, watching him from the pregame warm-ups, like he, got two big, he had two big-ass bags of ice wrapped on his knees in pregame warm-ups. He's the only player on either. T- I've never seen that in my – Shit, 30 years of watching the NBA. <laughs> like, a 26-year-old with both his knees wrapped up in the shoot-around. So, what that says to me, and this is just pure reckless speculation, that I don't think dude is healthy. Like, I, I'm, I, I hate to say this as bad as he played. My takeaway is not KP bad, KP didn't try, didn't give effort. My takeaway is like that dude's not healthy and I don't like Willie gave him a better chance to play tonight. I don't think Willie can play thirty minutes a game, obviously, but it it, it, it was striking in person versus the watching it on T V. Interesting. I have a hard time with this because I don't 
I, I, I had one one follower who I talk with like every day who was so pissed at me for some of my KP takes that I, I don't know if I'm even approaching it rationally because then I look in the Mavs Moneyball comments and then there are people who are just so upset that I criticize the guy and I'm just like, am I wrong? Am I that wrong about this? And then when I hear things like that, I he's I mean, bigger picture, he's never going to be healthy again. <laughs> Big guys that have these kind of injuries, lower body ones, his body, like the human body isn't meant to be that big and that athletic and that fast. Like it was just going to happen over time anyways. It's a shame that it's happened quite like this because he really was at one point a really good straight line athlete and it just, he doesn't have it anymore. So I'm, I'm very curious to, to see where they go with it. A lot of it's preventative. I'm not where I'm, I'm, there's not been anything in the post game about his knee, but if he pops up after that late offensive rebound where he kind of looked like he came down funny, I'm going to be interested to see what happens with. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, I hate to say it, it's striking seeing him in person now versus last year. It's just like, it's two different people. And it, it I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I was drunk, but. <laughs> basketball is best when you're like man he, he's just not the same guy right now I don't know if this is the ceiling of what he'll be moving forward but he's not what he was full stop yeah. yep well okay um, first thing I do want to ask if there's anybody out there that is accidentally on stage but can't see it like remove yourself because somebody's we're, we're getting some absolutely amazing yeah that whoever just did that deep breath out we can hear you, and I don't know how because you're not on stage. It's amazing. Um, okay. Dwight, you got anything else before I bring someone else up? No, I'm good, brother. Thanks for coming on. I hope uh, you at least had some fun tonight. Um, all right. Coming up next, we're going to bring on Leo, who I know was at the game as well. Leo, how are you? I'm doing good. My voice might be slightly missing. That's okay. I did. Uh, I just want to say though that game was amazing. The, the, it just felt great. I mean, we were up 19 points. I know we lost, but I mean, we were up 19 points. We were doing something right at some point in the game. Yeah, yeah, hitting a lot of shots. They were they were seven of I ten say from that, three I, at one point in that. It was wild, man. We were loud, but I I I don't know if I'm being a little too optimistic, but a lot of shots just kind of fell off the rim. They just kind of rolled off. And I mean, it could have gone either way. If I was like three or four shots, Brunson, uh, Timmy and Dodo would like, and then there was like that one sequence in the third quarter. Where it was just like offensive rebound after offensive rebound that just wouldn't go in. I mean, we almost had the yeah. game as bad as we played. Yeah. I'm with you. hundred percent with you. It was, it was very, very strange. So, well, do you have anything- I'm happy. That was, Nah, we we got this. I, you know, this is a is this is a shitty way how to lose a game, but I think we got this. And you know what, Mavs and six. Hope everyone has yep. a good night. Yep, you too, buddy. Thanks for coming on. All right, still getting the excellent creepy breathing from whoever accidentally did that. It had to be somebody that like because this this app has been a little buggy. So it's um. <laughs> Josh says in the chat, it's KP's knees haunting us. That's amazing. Uh, I'm going to bring up Chandler next, who's been waiting a bit. Chandler. How- hey, can you I hear can. me? You sound- so how are you doing? Yeah, I was at the game. You were? Okay, good. Another another live action guy. How was Yeah, I, uh, I, I did it pretty much after when you tweeted that you 
you were regretted the fact that you didn't go to game six in 2011. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be at Luca's first playoff game. Love it. Home, home I playoff have. game. So, yeah. It's a pretty so good I game from Luca too. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two things I think, I mean, everyone's kind of been talking about it. Um, you know, I, I actually think the first couple of minutes of the third quarter, KP looked really good because I hate the fact that we have like, a Luca offense and a KP offense and a Luca's off the court, everyone man for himself offense. Sure. Um, and in the first couple of minutes of the third quarter, that was when KP was actually, you know, he either quickly passed or he quickly shot on the catch or he would do the pump fake. And sometimes the pump fake didn't work, but he at least did it. It's when he caught it and just does nothing for like five seconds. That I just, not like I don't, nothing happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a little too much ball watching sometimes, and then oh hey, it's this guy's turn to get a shot, and it's it really is varied, and and it it needs to be better because you know Brunson and some of these guys are not terrible ball handlers. It, yeah, they just seem to kind of make up their mind with what they're going to do instead of reacting to what the defense does. Yeah, and I think the thing that, about this team is that. You know, everyone talks about who's our second best player, and I don't necessarily know who our second best player is exactly. I mean, KP, you know, the one thing about KP is that he does help, you know, even if he's spacing the floor. Like, that, it, it is actually a thing. That is, It is a thing. But I think Dorian Finney-Smith is actually, like, our keystone player. And, uh, you know, he didn't, have it, he didn't have it tonight, and that's kind of how it goes. Like, I feel like Josh Richardson was supposed to, like – fix that where like Dorian Finney-Smith doesn't have to be our most important player, but Mm -hmm. like it hasn't worked out. And Dorian Finney-Smith is still our most important player, which I love him, but like an undrafted guy shouldn't be like, you should have to like, he should like, if he's not there, we don't win. Yeah. I don't know. I've waffled back and forth on this for most of this year. This was Jonathan Sharks's take last playoffs where he said, you know, the Mavericks are going to go as far as, as, as Dorian can take them. And his position at the time was that Dorian wasn't good enough. Um, with how Dorian's played this season, I think we all have to revisit that. And it's pretty wild that we're like, oh, man, we really need Dorian to play better. But it just shows how important he's kind of become to the team. Um, he still does nice things. I think had no, he connected. I mean, I want to be very clear here. I love Dorian Finney-Smith. He's probably, like, he's one of my favorite players. The fact that he, like, I always know he's going to bring it every game. And he's, like, yeah. a scrapper. Like, it's it's not so much that. It's just, like, I wish we had just, like, somebody. Like, I don't want us to rely on him. You know what I mean? Sure. Sure. So. Well, I, they have, the, you know, big picture, there's always – always things to to figure out i i wish i wish that the dallas mavericks used kp as more of a vertical threat he never rolls anymore he rolled once in game one and got that late game dunk yeah he just doesn't roll to the rim like they did it with maxi a couple of times where luke was trying to throw that like overhead pass and Mm -hmm. it just didn't go they, they couldn't get it but i mean kp's enormous so why not try it it's i i I I'm, I struggle with this because I, I just lean so hard into the criticism sometimes that I feel like I may be missing the point, but I just don't know if his body can do some of these things anymore and that the Mavericks are trying to kind of hide it. Um, but, you know, it's one loss. They still 
they were they had chances. Like that's the thing that's pretty wild here is the they had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard shoot twenty four of thirty five from the floor, and they still hung around to where the game wasn't decided until about the last four minutes. So no, I, I when Luca came in with you know like eight eight and a half minutes left, you're just kind of like. Okay, I don't know. Like, I kind of was thinking that the way I thought the game was going to go is that we were going to make a run and then, you know, maybe peter out in the last minutes because Luca looked tired. But Mm -hmm. um, we never really did make that last run I thought we were going to. Yep. Um, Because they didn't get stops. Yeah, well, (laughs) Morris kept getting that corner three, which, I mean, it it is what it is. Yeah. you know, I mean, I the, the one thing I will say that I felt a little bad about is I, I was really hoping that the Clippers were just going to break on a little bit of pressure. So did I. Because there was, there was blood in the water coming into this game. Um, and uh, the Clippers actually looked like a team for once, you know. And, uh, you know, good for them. I mean, they're, they're going to at one of these games. But I still think, I don't know, I – the Clippers just seem like a bunch of fake tough guys to me still. I mean, they've certainly kind of done enough to to warrant that. But, you know, the Mavs lost their composure just enough tonight. And it was one of the things that, that mattered in the end. So, yeah. No, I get it. So, well, thank you, th- Chandler. Thanks, of course. Thank you, Kirk. Mm-hmm. All right. Coming up next, I see a new name here. So, I'm going to invite him up before everybody else. Mike. Uh, Mike Staz, how are you tonight? How are you? You know, Kirk, um, yeah, pretty frustrating uh, day night. Uh, I st- started walking out the beach the second uh, the game was over, and I'm still walking. Haven't turned around to go home yet, so <laughs> I'll uh, I'll get there eventually. But uh, yeah, I felt I felt pretty uh, pretty starry when uh, when we went up 19 and got chipped away at, and I just felt I think I mentioned at some point on Twitter about. The missing of free throws, and I was surprised that it was only the five, the five misses at that particular point. In time. It felt it like a felt ton. Like, it did. It felt like a huge amount, but it just felt like we were just staying with them. We were staying with them, and that's where we sort of felt like we lost lost a bit of ground every time we missed free throws. We just dropped back a notch or two, and it just made it ultimately hard enough that we weren't going to get over the line, even though we were mm-hmm. close enough at the end. But yeah, look, I mean, KP, the D, the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, all, all challenges, but, yeah, Luca's just got to hit his free throws just to to get it, keep us going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a star player, and that's one thing he's got to figure out. And it's wild that he shot the same from the line as he did from three. Like, that shouldn't be a thing. But it, it's one of the many things that when you're playing a team that is this talented – in the Clippers, and I know a lot of fans are like, oh, the Mavs have some more talent. I've just not agreed with that. Um, you, you have to get – you have to you win in the margins that are within your control, and I believe that free throws and effort are kind of one of those things. And the free throws weren't good enough. And, you know, there, there's some talk in the chat, which I think I just want to bring up while I'm thinking about it, is how a lot of the Mavericks players didn't seem ready to shoot. And J.J. Reddick had talked about this on his podcast with Jalen Brunson earlier uh, this week about how in the playoffs, what you find is that a lot of the shots that you're getting in the regular season, guys are just a half step closer to you and closeouts are a half step harder because the game is literally mattering. It's the best of four. And this was the first playoff game that the Mavericks have had against the Clippers this year where the Clippers actually played that hard. Like guys are just closer. So. 
Well, what else you got for us, Mike? Ah, that's it for the moment, I think. Thanks uh, for having me up, Kirk. Appreciate you. Sure thing. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your Saturday on the other side of the world. Oh, I love this app. All right. Um, let's see here. Who else am I going to bring up? Uh, let's go with Ike. Ike, is the app working for you? There we go. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> the app keeps kicking me out of the room. I don't know what's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, tough loss. Um, I guess I had concerns going in, even though it was great to, you know, to see our team back at home and stuff like that. But I want to give a couple of stats. So uh, as far as some splits um, during the regular season, our defensive rating at home, it was 114.2. Away, it was 113.3. Our offensive rating at home, 114.5. Away, 117.7. Um, our three-point shooting at home, 35.9. Away, 36.5. I can give some other stats, but we are a better road team. And we have struggled last couple last couple of years. We've been pretty mediocre at home. So I remember during one of the last locker room chats where I did ask about any worry about a type, any type of letdown uh, in our first home game. And, and that was kind of my concern. I mean, obviously the law of averages was going to show its, show its, uh, show its face at some point. And the Clippers who had been shooting bad the first two games from three, you know, shot over 40%. And that's what they were during the regular season. So um, obviously it's kind of disappointing, um, but hopefully, you know, we can find some solace in the fact that the game was still there, but, you know, quite simply, we just couldn't get consistent stops. Um, yeah. that, that was probably one of the most frustrating things. Like, you know, sometimes it can be, you know, very, you know, skittish as far as our defense at best to describe it, but like consistently we could not get stops, but I wanted to get kind of your insight as far as, we know that Kawhi is pretty much unguardable. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've kind of come to accept that, but I don't know. I'm I'm a little conflicted as far as Maxi being the primary defender on Kawhi, and I want to know kind of your thoughts on that because the way I see it is we need to. I, I understand that. I guess <laughs> in a bottle, or I don't know the description. Like Maxi is kind of like our best bet against Kawhi, even though Kawhi is, you know, he's not human. Um, (laughs) But I feel like, I feel like we're doing a disservice by just consistently running Maxi out to guard Kawhi. I feel like (laughs) this might be a little hot take. We might need to play Josh Richardson more that way that, you know, when he's on the floor more, he can guard PG because he's a little better at, you know, the shifty players, the guys that are a little more shifty with the ball handling and stuff like that. And then, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith can guard um, Kawhi a little bit more for some more possessions because I, I don't know. I, I understand that Kawhi is just mid-range and just the player that he is. He's just super elite. But I right. think we're doing ourselves a disservice by just sticking with just simply Maxi as as the Kawhi defender. I think some of it has to do with strength. Yeah. Um, you know, Dorian, for all his fight, weighs about 205 pounds. Um, yeah. And and it's got to be a bit of a strength weight thing. Um, 
that's that's probably my main thought. I still I tend to agree with you that maybe mixing up some different looks might be something, but it's it's the it's almost like the best option at, or best out of a series of bad options. And it's not because any of the guys are bad, but because Kawhi is just so good. I mean, he's shooting like in, in game one, he shot 41% from the floor in game two, he shot 67% from the floor in game three, he shot 77% from the floor. I mean, guys just aren't bothering him. And this is what he did in, in Toronto. And it's to an extent what he did last year, but the Clippers just kind of clammed up when they played the the nuggets. So I'm not, after thinking about this, I almost wish they would have just continued with the single coverage and hope that they had, had missed some shots. And maybe I think they, they will kind of figure out that that was their best, maybe their best option. Um, it, it's treating him like Steve Nash in 2006 or whatever it was when the Mavericks just let him and Amare, you know, run all over them. And then they did. Okay. And I could be misremembering that series, but that's, it's like the tire, the tire, of the star out plan seemed to be, pretty effective for the Mavericks the first game where guys weren't clutching the fourth and then the Clippers did it against Luka where he wasn't particularly great at shooting the ball either I guess until he hit those late threes so it's it's I don't know there's it's there's no good answer here and that's what makes you know why we really didn't want to play the Clippers from the get-go why a lot of people including me wanted to see Denver just for something different so yeah and uh, hey like it would have been great to you know be on a high horse and you know actually be in a position to sweep the Clippers. But, I mean, hey, for all the trash talking and shit talking that we do about them, they are a good team. You know, they, yeah. they are mental midgets, but they are a good team when they're on. So uh, I guess one of the final things, I, I don't want to join in on the bashing of KP. Obviously, it's frustrating. Um, Been kind of lower key than I thought, though. Yeah, I maybe I put a stop to it early on. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. maybe it's just I, you know, I, I guess I'm I'm staying pretty even keel about the loss, but I guess kind of you know you you were touching on this earlier. It's kind of the frustration, especially when Luca um, goes out. Is you know the lack of ball movement is like really concerning, and you know we were able to get away with it in mm-hmm. the first two games, right? And it's it's mainly because you know. Hardaway Jr. It was in both games. He was nuclear. He was just not missing and stuff like that. But again, law of averages, like he he was off today, you know, and, you know, that was bound to happen. But I guess the lack of ball movement is really more concerning yeah. um, you know, for all the positives that Jalen Brunson does um, for our team, especially in the second unit and sometimes starting with Luca. He's becoming more and more of a ball stopper. And yeah, if he, I, if he doesn't see the clear path, like a does, clear yeah. pass, it's gonna it's going up. Yeah, and or it's dribbling in place in order to set up <laughs> some type of what his version of is a clear path to to the to the to the rim. But um, you know, we have a good coach in Carlisle that's going to make adjustments. So hopefully by Sunday, um, we'll be able to do that. But that's all I have, man. I appreciate it. Sure thing. Thanks for coming as always. All right. Coming up next, we've got one more person. Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? Yo, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. You sound good. Yeah, okay. Uh well I'm ready to pile on KP because I've reached my breaking point <laughs> with a guy. I seriously reached my breaking point with him. I used to be his biggest offender. And to me, I know he's not fully healthy. But it's an effort thing to me. I get sick when I watch the guy play now. And it all started with the trade rumors came up. He started pouting and had, quote, unquote, back stiffness, which we all know is the 
you know, ultimate NBA injury for, I just don't want to play right now because I'm not feeling too well. But you can just see the effort with the guy on the court. At this point, I'm ready to trade him for freaking Scary Terry or just any other bad contract out there because I get physically sick watching the guy play on the court. I understand. I mean, I I always try to be very measured because I lose my patience in games. And my favorite thing that happens, and it just it happens a lot, is people think my tweets are reflective of, like, Mavs Moneyball. And I'm like, I have 20 different staffers that – and people – like, my own staff yells at me about this stuff. Um, but it's – this is my position in January. My position in January was that it, it wasn't looking great. It, he has – and it is just – where I have been unfair is that it's just not his fault because his body isn't right. But I, I think we're kind of in a perpetual feedback loop with his with his health at this point where he's concerned about his own health so he doesn't play hard, so he doesn't produce because he's concerned about his health. And it's just, it's what do you do? You know, he, he's he's such a huge contract. I mean, I, I heard from, you know, another one of my basketball reporter friends who doesn't cover the Mavs that he felt watching the game tonight that, like, this might be one of, like, the worst contracts in the league. And I'm not sure what to, you know, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, but it's it's just a thought that's out there to where it's, he might have had really, he had a great stretch in mid-March, early to mid-March. And then after that, that was a, basically it for the year. He did put up some offensive numbers throughout the year. His offense has been better, but his defense is where he was, why he was considered a unicorn, in my opinion, and it's just not there right now. So, I and I don't know how he gets it back. I, I, I think there's little things he can do to not get beat quite so badly, but I, I, you know, it's it doesn't seem like he has been willing to accept some of his own limitations. So, yeah, I agree, and it's his attitude as well. And also, I don't like how Rick has been babying him in his post game pressers. You know, it's time to the point. He needs to call him out because babying him is not working. And I think he's soft as baby shit, to be honest. Well, I mean, some of the – I think one thing I, I think gets overlooked is he wants to play. I know for a fact, having talked to, to reporters, that they have to keep him out and protect him from his own body because he's so convinced that he can do some of these things that he wants to play through things, which really only makes it worse. Um and and it's just like this this very bad feedback loop that's frustrating. But I I all the media stuff is is I I personally I, I understand what you mean. There I mean, just needs to be a but it, there needs to be a little bit more direct criticism of everybody. Like one of the things I never hear where it's just like, well you know like Dorian got his ass whipped off the ball tonight. Like you never hear that stuff. Like Rick, Rick never does that about any player. And it's just kind of the way it goes. Though I would love, you know, you know, he just torches them behind the scenes. So it's it's I I I like the the positive forward facing front. I think it's good for team morale. I mean, Luca was even talking about getting the guy post up touches tonight, which there's no way Luca actually believes that. <laughs> so. No, I I mean I totally agree. I'm just I, I'm I've reached a breaking point tonight, man. Sure. I can't stand watching the guy in the court anymore, and I was his biggest defender. It's just it's tough, man. It's tough. Well, maybe something will come back, but it's just, you know, historically, guys that are this tall, that have this many injuries, after their fifth or sixth year, my friend Jared Dubin provided me this stat. After guys who are above, I want to say it's like 7-1, don't play more than 60% of their games on average past their fifth season. Just the human body is just hard to deal with like this. Like Dirk just has, has completely skewed our sense of health because he was healthy for so long. 
it's just like like guys really big guys really do come and go. It's 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 tough. But well, thank you, Aaron. All right, I appreciate you, buddy. You too. All right, see if we got anybody else waiting in the chat. All right, we got one more guy. I want you to introduce yourself when I bring you up here because I don't want to butcher your name, Mister Ra. How are you tonight? How do I say your name? Is it uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you. Where Where are we calling from tonight? Calling from Dallas, Texas. How was it? Did you get to go to the game? Did not. Did not. I spent it with family. family. Uh, my parents are with my wife. I did, I did not talk to my wife for three hours tonight. I'm just now realizing that. I'm going to get in trouble later. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell, so, so tell me about the experience with the family in the game. What did you think tonight? Well, I grew up play, uh, watching Mavs games in Dallas with my father. And so watching this game tonight, uh, we watched the championship. Uh, run together and so this playoff run very exciting of course and something it's i just a while. Kind of for, just yeah something i just kind of forgot playoffs are exhausting <laughs> like when you're not a, when you're not a lakers fan like just winning two games it's like we have to win two more oh my god it, it, it that's such a good point like the physical sense of like i did something and i didn't i sat in my chair <laughs> I like that. That's a really good point. Uh, and now it's like two thirty in the morning where I am, and I'm just—I'm not going to be able to sleep, and that's only going to increase the exhaustion. So then by Sunday night, I'm probably going to be like an emotional wreck by the time the game starts. It's—it's—it sort of goes both ways. I couldn't sleep after the Mavs win, so after the game too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though, ta- though these things have helped me. Like my my wife. He's like, why do you keep doing these? I'm like, honestly, because like, if, I'd rather talk to people than tweet or like email or text because something about the written stuff I get pissier the more I the more I talk about it. Versus now I'm just like, okay, the Mavs lost. I can go, you know, it'll be okay. <laughs> <sighs> so what else tonight? Well, I kind of want to talk about how we can't s- seem to stop Kawhi Leonard from making like missing a three pointer. Like, it just seems like it's just automatic. And I just don't know what can be done about that. And just, it just seems like anytime he put, anytime he has a clean clean shot, he just makes it. There so, was one at the top of the key where he dribbled on accident out of the catch. And Luca was in his grill. And he just pulled up and hit it. Just, just butter. I mean, man, when he is on, it's just the Terminator. And really what we need to answer that is KP hitting threes. Like that's the only way we can hit we can win this series is if KP hit his threes. And we he hit his threes in game two. Mm-hmm. And the way I just see it, if we can just get fifty points in the next two games from KP, we win the series. I mean he's he'll he'll find a way to contribute. I just it's whether he finds a way to contribute at the expense of something else. It's kind of where I'm worried about because if the Mavericks do, you know, I'm really mad at them. I, I refer to him as a special boy, which is really rude and demeaning of me, but <laughs> I can't help myself. But if they do the thing where it's like, all right, well, we got to get him touches here, here, and here. And it comes at the expense of better looks. That's where it's like the, the start of the fourth quarter tonight. They, they, that game, that wasn't where it was lost, but when they went three minutes without really doing much other than uh, a kind of Brunson heave three, 
it felt like things got out of, out of hand. Uh, I, I do. He's just had so he's had three bad. I don't know. I guess two. I guess Tuesday night wasn't a bad offensive performance. Just, just was kind of minimalist. You know, at twenty points on on uh, twelve shots, it was pretty good. But it, he some, didn't really do some, anything else. Some, but those threes that he had were crucial in game two. Sure, like that with the one that like bounced that rattled in, and the ones that bounced up. Mm-hmm. Like he only shot four threes tonight, and he's yeah. just stretched five. Yeah, like he's supposed to be the reason why we play five out. And I just feel like he, if he can just hit threes and just only like really just be the spacer and being the spacer means hitting threes too, then we can win the series. Yeah, I hope so. I hope he had something. I hope he finds something. Cause when he hit, when he does hit an early three, it tends to, to, I don't want to say break, but it tends to put the defense in a panic. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, that, that he can do that. And it, it changes a lot of the geometry the rest of the game. So uh, KP is going to have to be the key. I know that uh, a lot of people are down on him now, but he, we're gonna we're gonna need his his contribution to win this series. That's the I only agree. way I see it happening. I agree. I agree. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. We've had a lot of first time people in here tonight, so I hope you come back in other evenings. Thank you. Thank you. Big fan of your tweets. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk soon. Appreciate you coming on. And we got one more guest, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, we got Jose here, who appears to be a Boston fan, but I would like to talk to a non-Mavericks fan because Boston had a hell of a game tonight and uh, beat the Brooklyn yeah, uh, Nets, and it was quite quite the performance from uh, Jason Tatum. So how you? I'm good. How you doing, man? Yeah, a little bit of a struggle bus, but you know. I'm watching like an old clip of KP scoring, and I'm really confused because it's like, oh yeah, he can do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I'm sorry to hear your team lost, but I'm excited as hell my team won. Good. Well, you know, losses are part of this. If the Mavericks had gone up 3-0 on the Clippers, like the world would be ending. Yeah, I, I didn't no. want to get. To, you know, it's like like the Clippers are either really bad or the Mavericks are on fire. So it's, right. uh, I've kind of made peace with it. Exactly. It's tough to lose. I mean, it's it's not it's not easy to win three in a row on a, against a good team. The Clippers ain't they ain't that bad. So, did you watch any of uh, of our contest in the end there? Because I know the the game was on uh, on ABC on national television, and I think probably I don't know maybe about forty five minutes ahead. Like like, did you get to watch the fourth quarter? What did you get to see? Uh, honestly, I didn't even watch the game, man. <laughs> <laughs> just, just want to saw a room. You're like, ah, I'm going to see what these miserable people are dealing with. <laughs> yeah, I just joined this. Yeah, well, we're here. We're kind of whiny. Probably going to go to bed now. But yeah, uh, yeah. Hell, man. But it was good talking to you, man. All right, thanks for joining. Okay, yep. guys. Um, I don't know. We'll be more stuff at Mavs Moneyball. Uh, obviously download these podcasts even if you're not going to listen to them it helps me out and uh, you know we'll be back on here Sunday night um, you know try to enjoy the rest of the weekend it's a holiday of after a fashion I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do I've got to get up with my kid in like four hours so I should go to bed folks this has been Kirk Henderson with Mavs Moneyball and this has been Group Therapy you guys have a good Memorial Weekend today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.